Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of The Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friend, we're certainly glad you've joined us today for this time of studying God's Word, and we trust that uh, what, what we'll be looking at today will be a rich blessing and help to you. Uh, it's always a privilege to have you tuned in with us and, and joined in with us. This uh, program that uh, you're listening to is aired uh, in many different cities and states all across the United States, and we hear on a regular basis from people that are that are listening that that uh, the Bible studies, the, the, the emphasis on the issues of God's grace are things that bring transformation and change into your life. And, you know, if you're today... As uh, many, many listeners that I know are, you're hurting. Uh, you have some difficulty. You have some senses of your own failure. You're looking for answers. You know, if you're not looking for answers and you're on top of the, the, the rock and you've got it all done, well, grace is for people that, that, that have difficulty keeping all the cheese on the cracker all the time. It keeps falling off. Just remember where we are when you need us because you will. And we're going to look at, you know, I, I want to draw your attention today for the time we have together in God's Word back to Romans chapter 6, where we've been for the last several weeks. Now, we meet together each week at this time, and I trust you're making it a habit to be with us. And this, these studies we're going through in Romans chapter 6 are critically important and basic to the Christian life. I uh, mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, I think I did, that uh, perhaps you'll recall that recently on an airplane trip, I, I travel a good bit in, in Bible teaching and preaching in Bible conferences around the country and in different parts of the world. And I was recently traveling uh, by air, and a man was sitting next to me, and, and I was sitting next to the window, and I was looking out. And as you fly, you know, at 38, 40,000 feet, often you can look out and you see the wings. They're, they're, they're going up and down. <laughs> it's kind of disconcerting. They, they, they actually have a great deal of movement in them. And I was watching that, and the man sitting next to me looked out the window, and he could see it too, and he commented about it. And he asked me the question. He said, um, which which one of the wings would you rather lose, the left one or the right one? Well, we were sitting on the left side of the plane, so I guess I'd rather lose the right one. But that's really a silly kind of a question, <laughs> because a plane isn't going to fly without both of the wings. Uh, so... No matter which one you lost, you, you, you lose. It won't fly without either one. 
You know, as I, I've thought about that, because Christians tend to approach the Christian life in the same way. And there are two great truths. There are two great facts in Romans chapter 6 that are both required in order to have an understanding uh, uh, of who God has made us in Christ and what God's doing and how that understanding bear fruit in our life on a daily basis. Both are absolutely necessary. One is the great truth that we are dead to sin. And the other is that we are alive unto God. Now, many folks appreciate the fact that Christ died for their sins and that they're dead to sin. And they died with him to sin. And some even appreciate the fact that not only did he die for their sins, but he died for their sin, their old nature. That not only do our deeds and activities find payment at the cross, but literally our history is changed from a history of being in Adam to being in Christ. And my history and your history as a believer today, if you are a believer, I'm not talking about a church member. I'm not talking about a religious person. I'm talking about someone who's relying exclusively. You've made a choice and a decision in your life. You've come to the place in your life where you've made the clear choice to rely exclusively on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you at Calvary when he died to be your Savior, was buried and rose again to give you eternal life as a free gift. When you make that choice of faith to rely exclusively on Christ, then God takes you in response to that faith choice. God, the Holy Spirit, takes you and baptizes you into Jesus Christ, puts you into a living oneness, a union with him, makes you one with him. And his death becomes your death. His death payment for sin becomes your death payment for sins, and your debt is paid. But not only that, your history is radically changed because now that you're in Christ, you're no longer in Adam. So when you look back, you don't look back in your history and see the Garden of Eden. You look back and you see the Garden of Gethsemane and Calvary and Golgotha. And that's where your history goes to now. There's been a radical change in your identity. But, you know, God didn't just kill us with Christ. He didn't just crucify us with Christ. He crucified us to end the old that he then might bring in the new. There's a wonderful verse in Deuteronomy where God tells Israel, Moses tells Israel, he brought us out of Egypt that he might bring us in to the blessings of the promised land. Well, God brought us out of death that he might bring us in to life in Christ Jesus. And just as Christ died unto sin once, but now he liveth unto God, even so we. Romans 6.11. Romans 6.11. Likewise, that is, just like all of these things are true of Christ, that he died to sin and that he was raised to live un unto God, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Consider your life and your situation to be exactly what is true of Christ. Um, when he says, likewise reckon ye, um, you're also yourselves. He gets that real personal. <laughs> Don't miss that. 
Um, you, you, don't just don't just understand that it's an identity thing and it's true of all of us. Apply it to yourself. Make this true of you. What's true of every member of the church, the body of Christ? He says, count it true for you personally also. Don't just leave it with me, with, with we and the, the group. Make it me too. Likewise, reckon ye all the things that he says in the first ten verses that we've studied about what God did at Calvary in Jesus Christ and how he has made us one with that. His death is our death. His burial is our burial. His putting away of sin. His death to the old life. His resurrection. It's all ours. Paul said it. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And that's the key. And he said, Paul now says, okay, since all of those facts, that's the facts, that's the truth about who you really are. That's your new identity in Christ. Now, reckon it, believe it, count it to be true. When you figure life, you know, you look at life and you say, things happen, and you say, go figure. Well, down south we say, I reckon, that's the way I count it, that's the way I, that's the way I add it up, that's the way I figure it out, it's, it, it, this is the way it is. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our new identity. And faith is going to walk and live in line with the facts of who you are in Jesus Christ. The fact is, Christ died and was raised again. He died to sin. He lives unto God. That's the fact. When you trusted Christ, you died to sin, and you were raised to newness of life. The cross gives you freedom from sin, puts away the debt, the guilt, the dominion of sin, and the resurrection life gives you the ability to walk and to grow. It's not enough to be dead. Dead people can't do anything, can't experience anything, can't accomplish anything. They just lay there dead. Now, they can't be tempted. They can't sin. There's a whole lot of things they can't do that way, the negative. But God didn't cleanse you from your sin in order just to leave you there. He cleansed you so he could fill you with his life. And you see, it takes both wings of the airplane to fly. It takes both truths of the cross and the work of Christ at Calvary to make your Christian life all that God intended it to be. When he says, likewise reckon you also, by faith walk in light of the fact that you're dead indeed unto sin. Uh, that is, sin's dominion, sin's reign over you has been broken. Verse 14, he says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Back in chapter 5, verse 21, he says, That as sin has reigned unto death, it's like sin is, is, is uh, uh, personified into a, a kingdom, a king, a boss, reigning and ruling. And now he says, You're free. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You know, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing that Paul brings up in the end of Romans 5 and the first of Romans 6, 
What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that we may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You see, there's something so radically uh, changing, such a radical change and alteration that happened to you when you trusted Christ that God did to you. You didn't feel it. You didn't sense it. You may not. In fact, you weren't even aware of it until you came to a passage like this and learned about it. But it happened nonetheless. You're dead to sin. The dominion of sin is over. How? Because you're in Christ. That's the freedom. And then you're alive unto God. This vital, living, spiritual union where we've been placed into one identity through Jesus Christ. Now, it's important to understand that this being alive unto God in this living union with God, in absolute, complete, total dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's in Christ. We have his very life. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. You see, the issue at the cross is not to stop sin in your life every day. The, the, the issue in your life tomorrow or today is not to don't sin again and don't, don't do that again and don't fail this again. And am I living up to this and do I have all the rules obeyed? No, that isn't the issue. You see, the cross is what stops sin. It's the only thing that ever will stop sin. Jesus Christ died at Calvary to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. When you see sin in your life, you know what you see? You see the very thing that killed the Lord Jesus Christ, the very thing he died for. Now, why did he die for it? So you could do it? No, he died for it so it could be put away. You see, you were doing it quite well, frankly, before he died, without him dying, without his participation at all. But you didn't have freedom not to do it. That's the key. And that's what the cross does. And then it puts us into living oneness with Christ. You've got the freedom not to do it, but what am I supposed to do? Well, if I'm dead, I can't do anything. I can't, I, I don't, the, the sin doesn't control me, but I need life. So he gives me, he makes me alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives me a oneness with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. For to me to live is Christ. He says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. He's the issue. The, there, there are two great illustrations of that. One in Israel's program, one in the church, the body of Christ. John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus Christ talks to his disciples and he says, without me you can do nothing. And he says, it's, our relationship is going to be like a branch uh, and a vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. You live in me. Now, the union between a branch and the vine, that's the union that exists in Christ. It is a living union. It is an organic union, a union of life, of sharing life. Only it's a spiritual union. It isn't a physical branch and a physical vine. But the life in the nourishment of the of the vine produces the growth, the life, and the identity of the branch. And really, the branch's life is only an extension of the vine. Now, for us today, as members of the body of Christ, that term, the body of Christ, 
is an illustration of what it means to be in Christ. Paul says in Romans 5 that we are we are of his body. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. We are members of his body. Now, you take a member of your body. Take, for example, your hand or the fingers on your hand. You hold it up and you look at them. You can wiggle them, extend them, contract them, look at them. The life that's in that hand is the life of the body. You cut your hand off and lay it on the table, and it dies. Because it doesn't have life in itself, the life it has is the life of the body. We're a part of Christ, and it's his life. Your hand doesn't eat. Now, it might feed your face, as we say. But you see, your hand, it has a function. It has a job. It accomplishes. But the life and the willing and the... the we're, we're in living... Just like your hand is in living oneness with your arm, your arm is in living is in a living uh, union with your body, so we are in a living union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, because of that identity, verse 12, he says, Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. If you can understand who you are in Christ, he says, Therefore... Don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it to the lust in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as though as those that are alive from the dead. Live, yield, make the choice of yielding your body to God, just like who you really are, those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The fruit of your faith walk. You see, there are these facts about who God has made you in Christ that your faith can rest in, and that produces fruit, the fruit of yielding your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, that yielding reminds you of Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, when it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, that you present your bodies that's the members, your members in Romans 6, your body, the parts, the individual parts of your body. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's Romans 6. A sacrifice in the Bible dies. And yet here's a living sacrifice. In Romans 6, you're dead with Christ, you're alive to God. You're a living dead man, living dead lady, living dead person. We're talking about the land of the living dead <laughs> here. Romans 12, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Well, how do you get to be holy? You don't make yourself holy. That's who God made you in Christ, acceptable unto God. You can't make yourself acceptable to God. That's who he made you in Christ. Present yourself to God as who he made you him or in Christ, which is your reasonable service. It's the only logical thing for you to do. Also, when he says, which is your reasonable service, you see, you've been set apart for an intelligent purpose. And you get involved in that on the basis of understanding some things. So verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewed mind is the issue. You see, you make a faith choice about how you're going to use your members, the members of your body, based on your understanding of who you are. What he's talking about here, he's talking about an, an objective, 
passionate walk based on faith and an intelligent understanding of who God has made you in Christ. And that's why Romans 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For why is it that sin won't run your life? Why is it that you're free to to yield your 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 body and to use your the life of Christ in you to live out through you? That verse he says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, in my body, in the the, the life that I live and express by the actions of the members of my body, yielding them unto God as members of right uh, as instruments of righteousness unto God. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Romans 6, 14, sin won't have dominion over you. It's not going to run you. It's not going to control you. See, it's a decision of your will to let sin reign in your life. As a child of God today, it's a decision of your will, and only that, that allows sin to reign in your life. And the way you'll get out of sin uh, sinful habits and sin- the consequences that they bring is by a- another decision of your will. No demon came along and took you and, and, and led you off to do it. No. Second Timothy chapter 2 says that you recover yourself. How do you do that? By making a faith choice to stand in an intelligent understanding, but to, to stand in who God has made you in Christ and your faith rests in the understanding of that and it produces victory. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now there's a real practical reason to learn how to rightly divide the word and know the difference between law and grace. Because, my friend, the only path to being free from the dominion of sin is grace. The law won't do it. Rules, regulations, rites, and rituals won't accomplish it. By the law is the knowledge of sin, and the law is the strength of sin. Paul says. But grace gives you liberty and victory from sin. You see, to be mo- the motivation is Christ in us. It's God's grace, all that God is free to do for us because of our identification with his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're dead with him. We're alive to God. You don't have to get God to love you. You don't have to go out and try to get God to accept you by what you do. But what God's grace tells you is because he does love you, because of who you are, you can't be anybody else. How could you live any other way? Because this is who you are. So the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness, not to get God to love us, but because he does. Not to get God to accept us, because, but because he has. And God's grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. That isn't who we are. We see sin in our life. That's not who we are. That's what Christ died to put away and to live. To live. That's it. We're dead to sin. We're alive to God. To live soberly, righteously, and godly. To live like, well, like the saints that God has made us to be. That's the key to victory in the Christian life. That's the key for you today. You face problems, defeats perhaps, difficulties, pressures, sin? Are you conscious of your own failure? Uh, do you do you just do you just want to serve the Lord with all your heart? Do you want to pursue the Christ life? 
Well, the answer to that is to understand that you're not under the law, but you're under grace. You're dead to sin, but you're alive to God. The truth here in Romans 6. Let me give you a Bible study tape that'll help you with that. You know, in just a few short minutes that we share together here uh, in, in this program, I, can, I can't. All we can do is try to whet your appetite for this information and for these truths. All I can do is put it out here for you. You, it's, you have to accept it. You have to believe it. You have to adopt it. You have to, by faith, walk in it. But we can certainly give you the, the information that will allow you to have the, the privilege of having this truth live in you. You need to know the facts. Your faith needs to rest on the facts. And when your faith is resting on the facts of Calvary, you'll see the fruit of your life in Christ be a reality in the details of your life. I have a tape I'd like to give you. It's called Dead Men Walking. And really, it's just an exposition of what Paul means when he says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. What he means when he says that we're dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. That's the key to the Christian life. Dead Men Walking. To receive your free copy of this Bible study, you simply call us here at 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And you request your copy of the Bible study, Dead Men Walking. Uh, you, you, you need to go through. You need to have firmly fixed in your understanding the truths of Romans chapter number 6, the truths of your identification with Jesus Christ in his death and his resurrection. 888-535-2300 is the number to call to get a copy of this Bible study. If you'd rather write me, you can do that, of course. Simply write us here at, at uh, The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And if you're, a, if you're a surfer on the World Wide Web, you can find us at graceimpact.org, uh, graceimpact.org. The easiest way, of course, to contact with us is simply to call us at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. We want to, we, we want to put this Bible study into your hands. Uh, sound doctrine, friend, will set you free. Sound doctrine will bring the life of Jesus Christ into the reality of your life on a daily basis. 888-535-2300 is the number to call to get your copy of this Bible study. My friend, let me remind you also, uh, this uh, this is listener-supported radio. And there are folks in your area who put this study on this station each week at this time. Those folks meet weekly right in your neck of the woods, right where you're listening to this radio program. They meet around the Word of God rightly divided and the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace to us in Christ. If you don't have an assembly to attend this weekend, where the Word of God is rightly divided, where the message of God's grace is clearly proclaimed, where the grace life is the issue, well, then you owe it to yourself to check out the meetings in your area where these folks meet. Let me give you uh, the information, will you? Call me at 888-535-2300, and we'll put you in touch with the folks in your area, right in your neck of the woods, where, where uh, the truths of God's Word rightly divided and the message of grace are understood and proclaimed. And if you're not sure of your own salvation, that your sins are forgiven, let us know that too, will you? We'll be happy to send you some uh, literature right out of the Word of God that will show you the way. 
888-535-2300. That's the number to call. Thanks for being with us today. Until we meet again the same time next week, Maranatha. I want to live the God's world. Oh, Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has called the joyful sound. A song of saints on Still I'll pray